Hello and welcome to Her Fierce Mind podcast, an unedited, authentic podcast dedicated to and designed for women to sit and discuss all things related to women's health, fitness, mindset and growth. I'm Alicia Jaffrey and I'm your host here on Her Fierce Mind. I'm a personal trainer, coach and founder of Aptitude Health Co and also a current physiotherapy and yoga teacher student with my fair share of close to seven years in my own personal development journey. Health to me encompasses all physical, mental, emotional and spiritual aspects of life, so I'm here to empower and educate women as they step into their power throughout their health journeys. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello my lovelies, welcome back to Her Fierce Mind podcast. Today's episode is going to be first off a update of where the heck I have been and what I've been doing since the last time I recorded which feels like forever ago and then we're going to dive into the second part and growing on to the part two of the previous episode I did which was how to set yourself up for success when beginning your health and fitness journey. So today we're going to be touching more on the training side of things and then we'll finish off with a little bit of a Q&A. If you enjoy the episode today please leave a review or rating on whichever listening app that you're using today or feel free to share it onto your socials anyone but remember to tag at aptitudehealth.co so I can see it and share it myself and that will be supporting me in getting women like yourself into how they can help themselves with their training their mindset and their health. I hope you enjoy it so let's get into it. Hello everybody! Holy moly, welcome back to Her Fierce Mind. I am so glad if you are listening that you are here again with me or joining me for the first time. I am super stoked to be back in front of this little mic and recording these. I absolutely loved recording these when I started and it seems crazy to me that the last time I uploaded, I just checked, was the 24th of June. How shocking is that? Absolutely horrendous. But today I am going to be kickstarting back into the routine that I had, which is essentially doing almost one episode every week and making that kind of my regular. So today I wanted to give you an update of what the heck has been going on. Um, it's been a very crazy few months. Um, it So much so it actually almost feels like a different person that was recording the previous um episodes which isn't a bad thing at all but it's actually very crazy to me it doesn't really feel like that was even me now that just seems so long ago um because I've just had so much growth in those few months um and then after that we'll get into the topics of training but I don't I know I don't need to give you guys an update but I feel like I needed to because that is a long time it's almost the end of October now holy moly um so the biggest things is that I moved so last time I was recording I was still living in Brisbane um I was still traveling up to the sunny coast quite a bit because my boyfriend lives up here so I was traveling up where I could but obviously um even that had restrictions while COVID was still around with the traveling and whatnot um but since I last recorded, I now live on the Sunshine Coast, which is amazing. It still feels almost surreal to me because I've 
just always wanted to and I never thought that it would be now that I was moving so that has been really incredible um we my partner and I it's just us we live in a little um we like to call it the love shack (laughs) um but it's just this wooden shack that is um just behind Maroochydore but um kind of between Maroochydore and Nambour for anyone who is obviously listening from the um sunny coast or Australia um and it's incredible um I have always lived in suburbia so moving into um definitely not rural don't be dramatic but being out of that really strict suburbia feeling um is really really crazy and um I didn't think I would love it as much as I have um everything is wooden it's all like amber lights no white lights and I just absolutely froth it I didn't think that um the environment would make such a huge difference for me in terms of uh, you know, my anxiety or stress and anything like that. But within the first week that I was here, I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) yes, it does. It really does. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing that happened. Um, I started working up here, so I didn't move up officially until I started working. So I am a PT and coach out of Jet's Caloundra and Kiwana. Um, I work across both of them. At the moment, I'm predominantly out of Kiwana just because I take most of my clients and my biggest client base is there. Um, But I do work across both of them and that has been crazy. So um, it really took off for me um, and I was just back to back. Um, I had my uh, end of semester exams just kind of roughly where I was... um, finishing off that last episode I was kind of in amongst all of that so I still had quite a bit of um, a workload then and then just straight into working so I was still traveling quite a bit in the end before I started my next semester so I was almost doing five days a week traveling between the sunny coast and Brisbane Um, and it was just that you know in between stage I hadn't officially moved up here um because I was waiting to get the job I got the job faster than I expected and so it just like (laughs) took off really fast and I was just trying to um basically get used to the new routine the new environment um and I feel like I've finally settled down (laughs) you know almost four months on but finally starting to feel like things have settled um so that's where I'm recording now my new recording space is not on the floor of the bedroom in a tiny rental it is now in the patio of my beautiful home on a wooden table and wooden seat so isn't that nice um we also got a puppy so she may come and bark at me she likes to be the center of my world because I let her be (laughs) um so if she starts barking at me it's because I'm not giving her 100% of my attention and she's cracked the shits so that's what that is um but she is a blue healer she's absolutely psychopathic (laughs) um so much energy and she's only um 12 weeks old now so she's still still a baby but um we picked her up really little. We actually picked her up at six weeks old. So we've kind of seen that whole, um, we wait for you to wake up and so we can 
actually give you attention whereas now we're like can you please go back to sleep <laughs> um so that yeah that was another thing that we did once we moved into the house we got her um and yeah that that has been the biggest thing I'm coming up towards the end of uh the second uni semester for this year um and then after that I'm on break until next year which I'm still studying part-time as of next year so hopefully trying to keep up as much of the workload as I can in terms of um my coaching and aptitude stuff and just growing from there so aptitude has definitely um started to grow which has been amazing and I've also learned a lot in terms of business and um strategy based things which has been very interesting but also very um challenging so yeah I feel like is that everything Alicia is that everything it's all that I can think of now so that's my rundown of where I've been um lots of clients getting my full attention um and getting through uni so I'm back is the point of all this um so let's get into the part two of off of episode five which was the last sorry episode six which was the last one holy moly get your words out babe so that one was how to set yourself up for success when beginning your health and fitness journey and the last episode if you haven't listened to it already essentially touched on more of how to best prepare yourself um stepping into it so more things like where is your mindset at have you outlined your goals have you given yourself somewhat of a schedule um have you worked past any or outlined any limiting beliefs uh or excuses or um routines that are just actually blockages and barriers for you before you step into that journey whereas today we're going to be more looking at the training side of things so more physical um but obviously still touching on it in a holistic sense so the main thing when you're starting or getting back into things is that you're going to want to probably go all in um you've probably seen social media platforms or influencers that just seem to be on the go all the freaking time they train every single day um and high intensity stuff or really heavy loads long sessions and so forth but when you're starting or easing your way back into things it should be an easing like I just said you're easing your way in so you don't want to be overloading yourself right so that's often when you're going to be getting injuries only because you either one have um you know dropped a significant amount of strength or endurance since you last trained or since you last moved Two, you may or actually very likely to have almost disconnected from your body if you weren't doing any other sort of movements like um, yoga, Pilates based stuff, which are often quite intuitive. Um, Whereas if you've just completely dropped off and you've lost that connection, you may find it more difficult to be able to be in tune with your body in terms of what's too much, what's probably not the best thing for your body in that moment. Um, so that becomes a bit of a barrier in terms of knowing where your limit is physically. Um, and also in the sense that your recovery is probably not going to be ideal 
if you don't have a solid structure in place and you are just kind of almost winging it in a sense in getting yourself back on track, right? So strictly speaking, you can't necessarily overtrain contrary I know but often it's not a matter of you overtraining it's a matter of you having poor recovery because you look at some you know high level elite athletes can train multiple times a day for hours a day um, but they can still have really solid sessions all throughout the week and they don't overtrain but they have really really solid recovery routines or recovery um, strategies in place so that they aren't necessarily stepping into that overtraining zone. Um, And so that stands for us too. So as much as the training side of things is super important, training effects last longer than the time that you're just spending in the gym or um, doing your training sessions, right? So that can be upwards of 24 hours or more. Um, So it's important to be mindful in that when you are stepping into the gym again, stepping into your training routine is that you must have some kind of recovery strategy in place. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But in a training sense, You've set out your goals. You know what you're working towards. Now, it's hard to make this super generalized because um, training strategies and protocols will change quite dramatically depending on what those goals are. But essentially, if you aren't working with a coach of some sort, you want to have a structure into your sessions which follows similarly to what I'll go through, right? So, Oftentimes people will think, um, okay, I walk in, I'll do my warm up and then just get started. Okay, but how are you warming up? If you are just jumping onto a treadmill or jumping onto a rowing machine or jumping onto a bike and then getting into your session, I can guarantee that you're one, not getting what you want to be getting out of your sessions and two, more likely to injure yourself again because you're not giving yourself, that is not movement prep. Okay, that is yes, maybe slightly increasing your heart rate yes slightly moving your body were than more than you were 10 minutes ago but you've not prepped yourself in any kind of a way to be doing the session that's coming ahead of you okay so movement prep are things like mobility and activation movements so mobility for the things that need to be mobile or in a flexible might be another term that you're more familiar with in that training session. Okay, so what range do you need at what joints for that particular session? And then activation, which is for the muscles that you want to be working. I will always done dot no matter what session, I will always have people doing TVA, so your deep core activation with um, like glute meat activation because they're two things that... Um, are very, very much so the things that people are weakest or um, less aware and mindful of. So I'll always pop that in there regardless of the session type. And then everything on top of that is things that are specific for that session. Now, if that feels like total gibberish, try not to let it be. You can always ask me for assistance, but that is essentially what I would work off of in terms of a strategy, okay? And then after you've done your movement prep, 
I like to have three exercises or movements which are a little bit more like mo- loaded mobility or power-based kinds of things, okay? So you're getting like all that muscle recruitment going, you've done your power movements or you've done some range, loaded it up just enough to get those muscles firing in a functional sense. And then, um, so for that, say, I would have um, like an ATG split squat with a hang or a sled drag or something like that. Do that three times around and then get into um, your main compound movements. Are we on board? Are we listening? (laughs) So your compound movements are things like your squat, deadlift, um, bench press, chin up, that kind of thing. So um, where you're moving through a full range, multiple joints moving together to complete a movement. Um, I love my strength training. So I always will want to be in a strength um, rep range. But depending on what you do, you can use similar things, whether you're working for hypertrophy, volume and whatnot. You're starting with those compound movements. You might drop into another strength superset. Um, I love supersets, so I'll always work within those often. Um, Working into your strength supersets and then maybe finishing on your finishes or multiple supersets after that. Kind of depends again on your goals. So if you're doing, oh my God, she's back. She may start barking. She's just nibbling at me now. (laughs) um so the dog by the way that sounded funny um out of context so um once you've done those that compound what what follows that is going to be completely dependent on your goals so if it's an endurance thing you're going to really want to up those reps maybe up the um sets and maybe changing the load uh depending on um what kind of session you're doing but then also if it's a strength you may want um the the movements might change but I'll always do um some unilateral in there depend you know whether that's a strength or volume or whatever I always like to put unilateral work in there so single limb stuff um I'll always pop usually functional core like um carries or single you know single racked Uh, movements um even bear crawls and things like that so a little bit more functional than just like your um dead bugs and things that I would normally put as a movement prep in the start of the session and then oftentimes I'll do a finisher to finish the session off so meaning you've maybe got just two or more movements you go through a few times with more reps ladder load and you just burn up um the the rest of those muscle fibers or whichever um, energy system you're trying to burn up, you do that at the end of the session. So often people will get that the wrong way around. So they'll come in, smash themselves on some sort of um, cardio machine and then try and do resistance training. And you've already set yourself up to one, be working way harder than you need to be and two, working harder and not actually working for what you want to be working for. you can definitely still see some kind of results out of that when you're beginning training, but it's still just going to get to this point where you're either not getting stronger, not feeling fitter, not leaning up or not putting on muscle mass because the structure of the session is just all out of whack. So 
that is roughly how I would structure a session but it then comes down to how many times a week are you training and that will then change the movements that you put in place for each session whether that's um, particular muscle groups that you work on um, multiple times a week whether it's particular movements you train more or less in the week and so forth so there's lots of lots of wiggle room but note there is the fact that you do not need to be training five plus times a week to see results. Anyone who tells you that is seriously on some bullshit. That is just not a matter of the case. Especially when you're beginning, welcome to the recipe for a disaster somewhere. Like you you just don't need to. And that's when the structure of these sessions becomes even more important. You know, if you can efficiently get the work in that you need to do, you know, from when you walk in the door to the of the gym to when you're leaving, you know, 45 minutes or an hour later, you've done the work that you need to do. You haven't walked in, spent an hour and a half in there just winging it. You haven't really gotten a burn up. You haven't really switched on any muscle fibers. You're moving terribly and whatever you're actually using that time efficiently, whether it's half an hour, an hour, two hours, whatever it is that you're training for, you've actually done the work efficiently. And it then seriously does not need to be more than, definitely no more than six, like maximum. Um, Oftentimes I will have maybe three or four structured sessions in a week and then the other ones are just additional, you know, do I go for a walk or do I maybe jump in on a session that um, the gym has on or something like that Um, and that is just extra movement for me, they're not really my structured things that I'm... have been put together to reach particular goals and things, it just is a movement thing. Um, so that's the actual training movement side. And if we then flip, go back to what I mentioned before in terms of recovery, that is seriously just as important. So that is things like your nutrition, it's things like your sleep, it's things like your routine, and it's things like your stress stress management or mindfulness routines. So they all kind of trinkle in with each other, but they all play a very, very significant role. If you don't have a recovery system, if you are not recovering whatsoever, you are going to hit that same plateau eventually or burn out, okay? Because your body is not being given the chance to efficiently put together all of the hard work that you've been putting in outside of the gym. And it will just consistently keep you in a very high stress, high stress state within your body whether that be something through injury that ends up coming out it could be bad bloating it could be um, hormonal issues ladies if your cycle is late or early um, it, it can seriously be so many different things um, acne just down to general fatigue um, so these are things that you should be prioritizing regardless of whether you're training or not but especially as soon as you start into training this is becomes so much more important. Ladies, you need to eat. You need to eat. The amount of times I will see people who are eating less than a thousand calories a day, but training 
very solid sessions or more than five sessions a week is absolutely beyond me. I have been really bad for this recently. Um, In this four months, like I said, it was absolutely mental and I honestly was not eating. And dude, the amount of muscle that I lost is ridiculous. (laughs) Like even just having my maintenance calories, if we want to go down that route, while not training should have meant that I kept my muscle mass, but I did not. I wasn't eating and I wasn't training at the same um, loads that I normally would. Probably more volume, but definitely not the same loads. So um, you need to be eating. And if you're not, the recovery goes out the window and maximizing the results of your training goes out the window and increases your risk of injury, which um, a lot of people don't actually realize as well so they're kind of my biggest pointers in terms of um training I oh my Nala Nala is puppy's name and she's just tried to continue chewing me um but yes that is what I will finish on today I just wanted to do a pretty quick one um Q&A I am going to finish on now so I didn't get a whole heap of questions come through because I'm actually recording it less than even 24 hours before um sorry after I posted on my social medias so I'm going to touch on a few things that was asked um while I was doing live chats on the jet Facebook pages when we did Women's Health Week. So a lot of the work that I do now is very down the route of women's health, um, which is amazing to me because it's my biggest, definitely my biggest passion area. Um, So I'm going to be doing a lot of that now in my podcasts is doing education-based podcasts and getting um, empowering women on with me as well to chat. So The first ones were a lot to do with how to periodize your training sessions around your menstrual cycle. And the biggest thing I have for that is dependent on whether you are or what types of contraceptions you are on. If you're on the pill, the training cycles do not need to match anything, right? Because your hormones have essentially flatlined. You don't have that same cyclic drop and fall in um, hormones that you would normally get if you weren't on contraceptive. So your training strategy is seriously just going to be a matter of following a four-week training plan that makes sure you do get um, sufficient recovery and you're following some um, effective training protocols and strategies which is a lot of the time all people will need um, in conjunction with some good nutrition. Um, because especially while you're on the contraceptive pill as well, inflammation is a very big one. So a lot of bloating usually occurs, um, fatiguing, a lot of nutrient deficiencies. So making sure that you are properly nourishing yourself, um, whether you're training or not really is a big one. But if you aren't on your, um, any kind of hormonal contraceptives and you're using like a symptothermal method, pull out or, um, condoms and so forth, that is a lot more in depth and I'll probably do another recording 
on that. So that one is a bit more in depth and I like to treat it in depth because we don't learn enough about it in general, whether we're on the pill or not. So that will be touched on in another podcast, but essentially it means that you're following the different cycles and patterns. So your training strategy will normally be in two, split into two um what would you call it two phases within the one phase or one program um which you'll shuffle between in the first two weeks of your cycle versus the last two weeks of your cycle um to complement where your hormones are going to be at and um where your body is at biomechanically to best complement those hormones um other ones have to do with what foods are less or more inflammatory for different people it's going to be slightly different um, if you have some kind of intolerances but generally speaking you have your top five um, inflammatory food groups now none of this means that you shouldn't eat them at all because um, a few of these I actually do still consume but obviously um, in very very small amounts either day-to-day or within the whole week So main three, which you'll find have the biggest influences on inflammation in the body or stress responses in the body is your gluten, dairy, and soy. So these ones really, really come into a big play in terms of um, essentially fucking up your HPA axis, which is um, essentially what axis your hormonal, um, sorry, your fertile and sexual hormones flow off of and are balanced by so those um food groups will really play with that and can really um mess with your um brain function in particular the cerebellum um and then but the other two are your eggs and corn they have to be in quite high um consumption sorry to play a big Um, effect but they're on there anyway Um, so those would be very generalized what your biggest inflammatory food um, food groups would be Um, but again it doesn't mean cut it out it just means that could be something that you need to be mindful of if you're having um, issues in your um, gut or just in terms of inflammation in the body which unfortunately a lot of us women are I apologize because she found her toy, so she's probably just squeaking that. If that is super annoying, that's what it is. <laughs> um, okay, that is all that I will touch on today. If you have any other topics that you would like me to move into, I already have a few planned, but I would love to know what you would like to hear about and what you would like me to talk about on the podcasts. So thank you so much for joining me again. Um, it means so much to have you back and so much for you to be excited to have me back. Um, I can't wait to continue these and I will see you back next week. Thank you. Bye.